My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. I spend a lot of time talking about what I love about espionage and what I love about human operations. But there are a few things that drive me crazy about intelligence officers, even about myself. First, we are incessantly positive people. It's almost impossible to bring us down. Even when we talk about failure or loss or personal issues, it's always through a lens of possibility and opportunity. It's like it's in our DNA. Second, we are always pushing pushing ourselves, pushing each other, pushing those around us. We push for new knowledge. We push for new skills. We push for new mastery. And then even after we reach high performance, we find something new that we're bad at and start pushing all over again. Lastly, we love to take control. And in today's conversation with E.D. Savage, she manages to do all three in a matter of a few minutes. She is inspiring but she is also infuriating. And that's what makes Edie Savage such a good operator. Maybe you're trying to save money, but you're doing something dodgy. Right. All right, we don't (laughs) want you taking that path. So you need to really know, you need to know yourself. But many, many clients don't know their why. Why are they doing this in the first place? Once you know that, you can solve their problem because you can find a method that resonates with them and something that they're willing to do. It's funny, Simon Sinek was the first one that I know of who introduced knowing your why Mm -hmm. as a marketing tool. But it's much more important than marketing because, like you were saying, it's it's an intrinsic motivation. I am constantly amazed at how many people succeed, but they don't know why they're doing what they do. So they're very successful at what they do, but they don't know why they're doing it. And when you try to push them to explain why they do it, they fall back on because I'm good at it. You being good at something isn't intrinsic motivation. As soon as you're bad at that, as soon as you hit a barrier, all of a sudden what's going to be your justification for continuing forward? You need to fall back on that mission, just like you were saying. What is your mission for doing it? And I still remember when I was going through the process of launching my own business, trying to figure out why I want to do it and what I want to do. And struggling through uh, just as a, as a personal anecdote I, when I was growing up my stepdad and my stepdad's the one that raised me my father died before I was born but my stepdad had this really negative look on teachers and he used to say that those who can do those who can't teach and I remember hearing that all through middle school all through high school all through college And it just put such a sour flavor in my mouth for anything that had to do with teaching. So then I graduate from the Air Force Academy in 2003, and I get approached with an assignment to stay at the Air Force Academy and teach. And it's it's a program called the Golden 13. They'll graduate 800 students. They'll ask 13 to stay and teach, and teach in some specialty. My specialty was phys ed. (laughs) It's not that impressive. Uh, But I remember getting that opportunity and being so disappointed, so frustrated and so disappointed because I'm like, oh, I'm going to teach. That means 
the Air Force is looking at me as someone they can't actually execute. And my mom just slapped me across the face. And she was like, your stepdad has his opinions. But his opinions aren't always right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to think about it in a wider term through your own eyes. And that was such a powerful message to me. Uh, And it still was a struggle because even as I launched Everyday Spy, which is a teaching platform, Mm -hmm. even as I went to launch this teaching platform, I remember sitting down with my wife and telling her my concerns because if I make my legacy a legacy of teaching, is that just me admitting that I didn't have what it took to make a legacy of doing. And another smart woman in my life just slapped me across the face. (laughs) (laughs) But I also see teaching is a form of helping people. Absolutely. So you can see it as teaching or you can see it as helping, helping others. It's the same same exact situation as when you were talking about working with tribal chiefs or sheikhs in Iraq. What I find is that the more people that I reach, the more they have an interest in helping me back. Mm-hmm. So I help them in ways I don't even know that I'm helping them. They find this information. They find their way to this podcast. They find their way to the, the website. They apply a lesson in whatever way t- is tailor fit to them because like you and I, they want more. They're high achieving people. They find creative solutions to problems that other people don't find creative solutions to. So now you're impacting people. And we're building Lots. our own little tribe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And everybody helps each other. Everybody becomes a collaborator instead of a co-optee. Yeah, absolutely. What is your legacy? What's the legacy you're trying to create? I want to create something that I can leave for my children and my children's children to show them that we can have a greater impact on this world than just doing what other people tell us to do. And when I was with the Air Force, I was very proud to be with the Air Force. When I was with the CIA, I was very proud to be with the CIA. But it really struck me when I came to that conclusion, like you did with the Australian Army, Mm -hmm. that my goals and my ambitions were becoming divergent from CIA's goals and ambitions. They wanted a soldier, essentially. They wanted a a cog that did what that cog was supposed to do and did that that task very well. And I didn't want to be a cog. I wanted to to build machines, right? And I find that when you look across industry, and even when I went into the private sector from CIA... Again, I had more room to grow and to experiment, but still what they wanted, what commercial industry wanted was a cog. We want a very highly skilled cog in this place. And then when you successfully keep this machine going, we'll replace you and put you in this place. And no matter where you go out there, if you are the kind of person, if you don't want to be directed into a place that limits your capability, you really have to find a way to expand your impact outside of that. And it's not a comfortable thing to do. It's not an easy road to build. But I'm looking at a woman right now who's done it, and I've met dozens of people who have done it. I read an article that sits with me from a long time ago. Um, hang on, not too long ago. Let's not go with ages here. <laughs> <laughs> not that long ago. But it was a Forbes article, and it said that to evolve and to grow, both personally and professionally, you need to change your job every two years. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to quit and then go find a whole new job. Right. But maybe move positions and forward that's sat well with me for a very very long time so I get bored quite easily so once things are really routine and the same I get too comfortable too bored and then that's when my brain starts to go okay what other passive income can I create or (laughs) what's my next little venture or journey and I need something because I get bored 
which some people are happy with, just not for me. So that change your job every two years sits well with me because then I'm generally learning something new or for whatever reason, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I hope that doesn't... Uh, I hope that's not negatively impacting the dating side of the things. <laughs> I get bored. I need something new. <laughs> change, your, probably, change your guy every two years. <laughs> getting a guy for two years would be a good start. <laughs> Let's not worry about even trying to keep him for that long, but yeah. <laughs> is part of the challenge in, uh, in your personal life, is it finding somebody who can keep pace with you? Has that been like an area of challenge? Or I, do you find that there, there are ample people who have ambition? Um, I think there are, but they don't necessarily want someone that is is equal in that sense. I find the guys that are ambitious um, don't want someone else that's ambitious. They want someone that is either a trophy trophy wife or mm. girlfriend or someone that's just there to support them. Now, I want to hold on this for a little bit because I feel like what's happening now is we're having a conversation that is culturally specific because you're coming from an Australian culture. And my understanding, I've not lived in Australia. I've traveled through Australia. I hope to one day extend and stay in Australia for a longer period of time. But the Australians that I've worked with and the friends that I have, especially those who have experienced the United States, say that Australia is kind of like, culturally, it's kind of like a 1950s era US where there is a strong gender bias still. And there are expectations on women and expectations on men that are fundamental that don't necessarily exist the same way in the U.S. Would you agree or disagree? I think it's changed so much. I think women, when you look at statistics, in particular for Australia as well, um, I would have to disagree because I think women are leading the way down under. And I'm not a feminist by any means, by the way, so I don't want to have that. But um, it's definitely changed. Women are looking after themselves, and I think that's Mm. why there's so many of us that are single. Mm. But they're very ambitious One of the things my dad always says to me is, you know, when you're looking for a hire or when he's looking for a hire to hire somebody, he said the difference between a man and a woman is a man knows he can get the job. The woman's got to fight for the job. So I know when she's in that position, she's going to work three times as hard to make sure that she does that job well. Hmm. I've heard that same kind of guidance in the U.S. too. So maybe it's not as different as as uh, it's been painted for me. Yeah, I don't I don't think it is, but I'm not sure. Well, I will say that if you know, if there's a dearth of ambitious men who are attracted to ambitious women in Australia... Then I'm here. Yeah, okay. We've got a... If anybody's listening to this and they are a single ambitious dude, it's time to find a work abroad opportunity in Australia because uh, it is not an American cultural trait to look for someone who is uh, unequal. Ambitious men want ambitious women. And then they will figure out a way to solve the problem of what happens when lives take us in two different directions. Well, the, the conversation's interesting as well. Absolutely, all someone, the time. Yeah. Everybody's doing something. And you're pushing each other to be better. But then there's a place for someone that's supportive as well. Absolutely. You know, that supports you, that can, uh, especially when you've got a, you know, some of these successful people have very busy schedules and they need that supporting network that runs the home and, you know, whether it's a man or a woman, but yeah, runs the home and and looks after everything. They need them to succeed themselves. So sometimes that's a beautiful relationship. Every one of us makes an impact in our life. The question is whether our impact is large, small, constructive, or destructive. Whatever your primary motivation, whatever your rice motivator that we discussed in season one is, it is tied to a legacy that you are trying to leave. I invited Edie Savage today to share a bit of her personal mission, her legacy, 
because I care about what she is trying to accomplish. She flipped the script on me and dug into my ambitions, into my legacy, because she cares about what I am trying to build with Everyday Spy. Whatever it is that you are trying to achieve, you will build it faster, stronger, and better when you surround yourself with people who care. People who care about you. People who care about your mission. And people who want to help you build your legacy. That is Everyday Espionage. Everyday Espionage is dedicated to one thing. Educating everyday people. I know that not everyone will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. Find me on social media at Everyday Spy or on my website, everydayspy.com. If you are up for a special challenge, visit everydayspy.com forward slash operations and join me for an authentic spy training mission. And above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.